Welcome to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast, where you will find sermons, devotional thoughts, and current event conversations, all based on a biblical worldview. Happy Sabbath, Church. It's good to come back after being a week at my father-in-law's house celebrating Thanksgiving. I ask you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Genesis. This time we are going to actually look uh, at the story of Adam and Eve again. But this time we're going to spend a little bit more time on the actual story. Genesis chapter 3 beginning in verse 1. I mean, yeah. Genesis chapter 3 beginning in verse 1. It's a familiar story to us. We know it. But we want to look at a couple of things today in light of this quarter's Sabbath school lesson. And its implications for us today. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. And from then we have the greatest battle you and I and society faces. And it's not merely about death, but it's about the reality that there is only one source of truth, and that truth is God. And here, right away, the battle wasn't necessarily about death, even though we're going to talk about death. The battle was about who are you going to believe in your life? There are many people you believe. You believe your parents <coughs> when you're younger kids. You believe your teachers. You believe others. You believe things you see in society. But ultimately, all the truth you hear has to be compared to the ultimate truth and the ultimate truth is not just scripture the ultimate truth is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and it isn't in a relationship where you begin to form a bond that hopefully will not be broken when you hear different things that contradict what you know to be truth now the truth is found in scripture I believe that I preach that but the truth will not be found in Scripture unless you are aided by the power of the Holy Spirit. You've heard me say before, and I'll repeat it again, that the Bible is the only book in which the author can be present with you if you invite him to lead you to understand what Scripture is saying. Because if we're honest with ourselves, there are many things in Scripture that do not make sense even to me as a pastor with a Master's of Divinity degree. Have you ever studied Judges chapter 9? 19, I mean. Why would a person need to be chopped up in 12 different pieces and divided amongst the tribe of Israel? There are so many mysteries in Scripture, and often we look for mysteries in fantasy, in Harry Potter-type books, and we look for that, and we forget to see the wall, the wall, I mean, the, 
the wow and, and wonder of Scripture. I mean, it was the first time I ever heard where somebody's shadow can heal somebody, where a handkerchief can heal somebody. Why? Because God will fight power with power when he needs to. And so Adam and Eve, and you and I, by choice, have a choice to make every day of our lives. Whom are you going to believe? God or the enemy? Eve got into a conversation with the enemy. She made a couple of mistakes right away, and it's a mistake that any man or woman can make. First of all, her first mistake was to wander alone without spiritual accountability and help. Could have happened to either one of them. But then in this case, it happened to the woman. But it happens to Christians today who say, I do not need to congregate with other like-minded believers. I can carry my spirituality without the church body. But the Bible has told us in Hebrews chapter 10, 25, not to forsake the assembly of one another, especially as we see what? That day drawing near. As we see God coming nearer, as we see the prophecies around us fulfilling, as we see, as we said last sermon, the world around us getting darker, we need to bind together as a people so we can shine bright in order to save others, and those others we may be saving just may be your family and friends that you have longed for. They may not listen to you, for a prophet is not accepted in their own home. But if my Adventist family in Florida would shine for Jesus, perhaps my non-following Adventist family in Florida will come back to God. She entered into a conversation. That was mistake number two. The moment you start reasoning. But if I win the lotto, you don't know how much I can do for the church. You don't know how many people I will help out financially. I could give so much to missions. The moment you try to justify your sin, you have entered in into enchanted ground, which is the enemy's ground. For the moment you do not say it is written, man shall not live by money but by God's word, right? The moment you don't shut that off, the moment you enter into the hotel room with someone other than your spouse, even if it's for a business meeting, you have entered into dangerous ground. Not that you can never meet with another person of the opposite sex alone, but a hotel bedroom is not one of those places. So Eve entered, second mistake was she entered into a conversation. She wandered alone. Then the third mistake was she added to the word of God. See, sometimes we hear comments, Sister White said this and that, and then you find out she never said any of it. Or sometimes people want to quote scripture and they get it wrong. She said, you shall not eat from it or touch it, 
or you will die. Nowhere in scripture do you find that God said do not touch it. She added that. Her own interpretation. And that's why it's important that we know the word of God. It's principles for ourselves. And this is why that touch thing is so important. Let me ask you, had she touched it and never eaten it, you think she would have been in trouble? No, God never said not to touch it. Now, would she have been closer to trouble? Yes. For example, if you are a husband and you enter the hotel room of a woman that is not your wife, and then you walk out and nothing happened because you've realized, wait a minute, this is not what I should be doing. Can you still get in trouble with your spouse? Oh, yes, you can. Because what were you doing there in the first place? And so it's important that we don't add to the word of God. And that was her further mistake. And pouncing on that mistake, pouncing on the fact that she had wandered alone, that she was an enchanted ground, that she added to the word of God, that she began that conversation, he was able to then use her own weakness. It would have been him or anybody else who had been there alone to contradict the word of God. You surely will not die. Verse 5, For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The reply in verse 6, or, or what happened next. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Verse 7, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The beauty of the story, part of the beauty of the story of Adam and Eve in this chapter is that the moment you mess up, it is God who is pursuing you. You will never take the first step in pursuing him. God in Genesis chapter 3 will be and is the one who will pursue every single one of you until your last dying breath if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. He is the one that is after you. He pursues you. He, he arranges things around you so that you may be awakened to want to know him. And the reality that Satan offered her, God wants to give you the true reality. To know what it is to be loved by God. To know what it is to live for God. To know what it is to have eternal life in God. Because God is in reality the only source of true life. See, the tree was there 
to be a mediator of his eternal life. But the true life, the true life-giving source is none other than God himself. And so the devil challenged Eve that if you eat of the fruit, if you disobey God, if you take matters into your own hands, if you want something more than even God is offering, then disobey the word of God. And we see it today. Many people are offered bright lights, big city. Many people today are offered sensuality, pleasure. But it is a fool that would trade in short-term pleasure for long-term happiness. Oh, I said that backwards. I said it right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> because the reality is that there is pleasure in sin. How do I know that? Well, because Hebrews chapter 10, 11 tells us that Moses passed up the passing pleasures of sin. Sin will never come looking like broccoli when the world is offering you ice cream. But have you all seen that Valentine's meme where it's a nice box of Dunkin' Donuts? Right, you've seen it. And then the guy opens it and it's a, uh, it's a vegetable tray. <laughs> Have you seen it? Right? That's the ultimate deception. Sin will make you think it is great and fun. Well, broccoli is actually good for you. And the word of God is health food. But many of us are not attracted to health food. The world isn't. But the word of God is what we need. And so this doctrinal issue that Adam and Eve disbelieved God is the source, listen to me, is the source of everything that ails the world today. I was talking to a group here before, after Sabbath school ended, and it's about the power of influence. And I mentioned that in my house, I have influence. Especially me and my wife, we have influence over the children. They tend to like what we like. They eat what we eat. They understand the word of God the way we understand it because we teach it to them. But my wife also has a larger circle of influence as she is a medical doctor. And as a medical doctor, she has hundreds of patients who come to her and she prays with some of them. She gives them literature to others. She studied the Bible with others. And they... They exchange ideas as she cares for them. So that's a wider social circle of influence. I too have a wider social circle of influence as you listen to my sermons and as we interact as a church and the leadership here. And, and in your life, it's the same way. Even at school, you have your close friends who you influence and then you have a larger circle. And then what happens in the school also influences you. And as you spread that net out wider, we see that people like the Republican Party has a wide influence. But we also see on the other side that the Democrat Party has a wide influence. And these two factions clash against each other. And you see that there are 
people underneath each party who then fight during Thanksgiving dinners or family events about things that the party wants you to know. And then there is the media. How many of you follow, well, how many of you have a Twitter account? Okay, a few people. Some of you know that Elon Musk just bought Twitter. And now there is a big brouhaha about that because he is supposedly fighting for free speech and then there are people who are saying that he is ruining free speech. Now, can both of them be right? Yes or no? Right? You can't have two opposite beliefs and, and both of them be right. And so this Twitter has become like a fulcrum of influence as to people are saying that it's now being influential for bad and some are saying no it's influential for good nevertheless millions of people are talking about it on Twitter and and if you read some of that it is a dogmatic dogfight about what is happening to Twitter well Elon Musk revealed yesterday his team and today that there was massive and manipulation of the masses during the last four years based on Twitter files. Now, I'm going to tell you what the subject was, and I'm not going to go down that line. But here's the owner and his team revealing the suppression of free speech that happened over the last four or five years. Now, you and I can say we weren't influenced by that, and that may be true. But I but you can tell from the timeline that others were influenced by it. So a little app has a big influence over the world. You know what else has a big influence over the world? This. Your phone. There was a story that came out recently dealing with Apple and Tim Cook about China. Have you know about the protests that are happening in China? Right? People are, are, are wanting freedom. And for those of you who may or may not know, China is a communist country, and so they don't have the freedoms that we are purported to have here in the United States. Well, Apple, well, China controls the internet in China. But I can share things with you without the internet by a little thing on the Apple phone called AirDrop. And matter of fact, if you have your phone now, I could send you all a picture who has access to AirDrop. But China ended up, I mean, Apple, during the protests, people were sending protest information via AirDrop because you cannot... China can't block it from the internet. Guess what Apple did? Apple disabled AirDrop in all Chinese iPhones. Why? I'm not going to go there. But look what one company has the influence to do to an entire nation. The largest nation. So the truth is, is that this lie that you will not die 
It is the biggest influencer that is taking place on this planet. How do I know? Because Revelation 16 tells us that frog-like spirits will go out to the kings of the world and influence them against God. And these frog-like spirits are what? You know, what are they? They're demons. Now, you may not, now hopefully if you are in church, you believe that there is a world beyond what you and I can see. We fight against what? Not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, right? And the rulers of this world. Now, when you read Ephesians chapter 5 and 6, the rulers of this world it is describing, it is not talking about humans. If you are being bullied, do you know you're being bullied? Yeah. If you're being deceived, do you know you're being deceived? Not until you find out the truth. Prior to that, everything seems truthful. Right? Deception doesn't become, you don't wake up to deception until you're confronted with the truth. And so the state of the dead is so important because all of us here are influenced by one spirit or another. See, we tend to think we have independent thought, but we don't. We have free will. That's different. But independent thought is the fact that we are all being influenced by something or someone. And that's why I read the Word of God daily. John 17, 17, the verse that changed my life says, Sanctify them by thy truth. Your word is truth. In The Matrix, the movie, I don't know if some of you have seen it or heard of it, they lived in an alternate reality. In the world they lived, it looked normal. Everything looked fine. Everything looked like it is today. And in, in, in a way... Our true life is like the matrix because our reality is not just what we see. Our reality is not just who we interact with, but the influence that is interacting with other people. And the truth is we don't always know who they're being influenced by. Let's say you have a in this room people from all over the world, every religion, every persuasion, every gender, every sexuality, everybody in here is in the room. The Word of God will help you discern who is obeying God, but the Word of God will not let you know who in the crisis will become friend or foe? What do I mean by that? Is it the person you thought was your enemy in the crisis may see the light and become your friend? Someone you have warred with or, or wrestled or, or debated with all your life in the end may see the light and become your friend. Why? 
Because the influences of the Holy Spirit, who will never leave you nor forsake you, who is always searching after you, Adam and Eve, where are you? Is always pursuing everybody to surrender to God. And the very person you thought, let me pick up my wife, and the very person you thought was with you until death to us part, in the crisis may become your betrayer. And that's why each of us have to have a personal relationship with God. That's why each one of us has to say, I am going to mingle with God's people, but I am going to trust God whether God's people forsake them or not. Because we're all being influenced by one spirit or another. But here is the spirit will never be influenced by if you believe in the word of God. Your dead relative coming back to talk to you. Deborah laughs. Can I share what you shared with me? She recently had a family member pass away and Deborah, being one of our elders and leaders, she sensed, and rightly so, by the Holy Spirit, no doubt influencing her, that one of her family members was going to talk about, talking about, having had an appearance or talking to their deceased loved one. And lo and behold, it was what, several weeks later, that your relative said that they spoke to their deceased loved one. Can that have an influence on you? Yes or no? If you don't know the truth, when it sounds like grandma, when it looks like grandma, when it cooks for you like grandma, then it must be grandma. Yeah, but if you don't know that, then it must be grandma. And so the battles we face today are not political parties. It's really not the Republican Party. It's really not the Democratic Party. It's not really gender ideology or biblical ideology. We're fighting the power of influence. And the only inoculation to that is to be grounded in God's word. Only God possesses immortality. We will be given it at the end times, at the second coming. Influence is such an important thing. And if you don't think influence is such an important thing, the reality is we all influence somebody. Now your influence circle may just be one person, your spouse, or it may just be your spouse and your kids. But when you add that up collectively, the circle of influence gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so in this world today, there's only really three groups of influence. There is religion, there is secular government, and then there is the people. Religion, atheistic secular government, and then the people are caught in the middle. Statistics say that the majority of people do not think for themselves. 
So if the majority of people do not think for themselves, that means that the majority of people are what? Followers. So the question then becomes, who are you following? And what is the end game? It's an old story, but it's a well-known story. Jim Jones, you know, right? How did they die, by the way? They drank the Kool-Aid, right? And that's where that expression comes from. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. But a lot of people don't know this, is that to have influence, you must build what? Trust. So what a lot of people don't know about the Jim Jones story is that he had them drink Kool-Aid at least two times before the final Kool-Aid to inspire trust. The first time, if you read it, he told them, it's laced with cyanide, drink it if you trust me. And then some people drank it and, see, I wouldn't do that to you. Did it again. Nothing happened. The third time, I think, I don't know, I, it was at least once, but I think it was twice. The third time it was what? Fatal. The enemy had influence over Eve. Eve had influence over Adam. Adam and Eve have had influence over us. And this is why we're in the mess we're in today. But I don't want to end the story of Adam and Eve there. Because their influence was then born in repentance. And it is through them that we get the line of the Messiah. And the Messiah becomes then the second Adam. And the second Adam becomes the greatest influence in the world. Born in a manger, born in poverty, but lived a life to the glory and honor of God. And his greatest desire and his only mission was to influence the world to the love of God. So my question to us as a church and to us individually is what is our influence? And second, who is influencing us? Because we know from the state of the dead that it's not grandma, and it shouldn't be grandma, but the state of the dead does not negate that there are spiritual forces all around us. There is God's Holy Spirit, and then there are demonic spirits. And you don't have to acknowledge the demonic to be influenced by them. Anything that is contrary to the word of God is demonic. You are either with me or against me. You either gather or you scatter. But those arms were spread so wide open that he invites even the satanic worshiper to come unto him, to be drawn to him, and to be influenced by the greatest love of all, the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. And in him, you will have eternal life. There is death. Death is real. 
we will all succumb to it at one point or another if he does not come back in glory before then. But what we will never succumb to if we are surrendered to Christ is the lies of the enemy and the influence of the enemy. This world is being influenced by spiritual forces. May the Holy Spirit use you to combat the darkness and the spiritual fight that is soon coming upon this world. It's getting darker. But by the grace of God, the spirit in you will shine brighter. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your amazing love. Father, may our influence be grounded in you. May we go to the highways and to the byways. May we go everywhere scattering your light. But may we understand that Grandma will never come to talk to us, Uncle Dave or Uncle John or Aunt Sue or anyone else will come. But Father, may we not forget that we are indeed fighting spiritual forces. May we fight with the greatest armor of all, your Holy Spirit. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast. You can find us at woodlandsadventist.org and you can visit us anytime. You're more than welcome. God bless you and have a great day.